0: Hi, this is Jamie Crawford with Breakthrough Ministries. Thanks for downloading our Wow God podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get our latest podcast. We appreciate your partnership. It helps keep our ministry going. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Welcome back to our podcast, Pastor Ron Bruner of Kingfisher First Assembly of God in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. You will be blessed as you listen to his message. I'm going to talk about we are all stewards. And I'm going to begin in Matthew 25, and I want to read Matthew 25:14 through 30, which is Jesus' parable about the talents. He says, For the kingdom of heaven as is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one. "...every man according to his several ability and straightway took his journey." Then he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained two others. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered unto me five talents. Now I have gained besides them Five more talents. He said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also that received the two talents came and said, Lord, Thou deliveredst unto me two talents. Now I have gained two other talents beside that. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he which received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not strow." And I was afraid, and went and hid your talent in the earth, and lo, you have what is yours. His Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reaped where I did not sow, and gathered where I had not strode. You ought to have put my money to the exchangers, then at my coming I should have received my own with interest. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which has ten talents. For unto every one that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that which he has. Cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. First of all, these three men were given money by the owner to use the owner's money in business and in so doing, make money for their owner." It wasn't their money. They were stewards of the money. A steward is by definition the manager of a farm or an estate. A steward is really an overseer. He's not an owner. In 1 Corinthians four two, the Bible says, "...moreover it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful." Now, I want to say this morning that we are all stewards, whether you're saved or unsaved, because all that we have has been given to us by God. The Bible clearly tells us this. In Matthew 24, 1, it says, "...the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof." So this verse teaches us that every square foot of planet earth belongs to God. That means the, where you have your house, that belongs to God. Where you work at belongs to God. The schools all belong to God. The colleges all belong to God. Since God's the owner of the earth, that means that all mineral rights belong to God. Coal mines, salt mines, oil and gas rights, it all belongs to God. And then in Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, he says, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. So some of the gold. That you may have in your bank account, remember you're the steward, but God is the owner. We are all stewards. Now, whether we're bad stewards or good stewards, that part's debatable. And that's what we must find out about ourselves. Am I a good steward or a bad steward? And this parable enables us to answer this question. These men are called by Jesus servants. A servant is defined as one devoted to another or to another person's will, not his own will. And this parable is about the use of money. It's about how money should be used. So we have three men who were servants given money, five talents, two talents, and one talent. Now it's easy to feel bad for the guy who just got the one talent until we know how much a talent is. In the Bible, you could have a talent of silver or a talent of gold, and Jesus doesn't tell us in this parable which one was given out, silver or gold. But we do know this. A talent of silver in today's prices would be $28,000, not a small sum. And in Jesus' day, that talent would have been equivalent to a year's wages. So all these servants were really given large sums of money. If we use the $28,000... As, as what a talent is worth. Then the guy with five talents was given $140,000. And the guy with two talents, 56000 And then the guy with one talent, $28,000. Now two of these servants used the money as they were told to. They were good stewards of the money. We know this because this is what Jesus said about them. Now the last man did not use the money at all. The man was not guilty of spending the money on himself. He was guilty of not using the money. In other words, he hoarded the money. Do you see money as something that should be used, or do you see money as something that should be hoarded? Now here's the definition of hoarding. You might think, well, I'm not a hoarder. But here's the definition of hoarding. It says that hoarding is accumulated or hidden or stored away and keeping in one's mind for future use. This third servant was hoarding the money for some unknown future use. And this is one reason that people hoard money in the first place is because they fear the future. And so they feel like if they have money, then, then they're safe for the future. But safety is not in money. Safety is of the Lord. We know this from Proverbs 21, 31, where it says, But safety is of the Lord. But the Lord didn't say to store the money away for future use. Jesus said, Make use of the money that I've put in your control. And that's what He says to all of us. Make use of the money that's in your control. Jesus took a use-the-money attitude. I want you to think about that. Jesus took a use-the-money attitude. Let's look at this in Scripture. Jesus said, use the money. Matthew six nineteen through 21 Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now let me just stop there and ask you, Are you being obedient to that passage of Scripture? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doeth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So are you laying up money for yourself here on earth? Jesus said, don't do that. Is your attitude toward money one that says, This money should be used because that was Jesus' attitude. Now, here's the million-dollar question, and I'd like for us to take a step back and look at this parable. What did Jesus say just before He taught this parable? In Matthew 25, 13, the verse that comes just before Jesus teaches this parable says this, "'Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour the Son of Man comes.'" So Jesus is saying in that verse, you don't know what the future holds. The future is uncertain. Use the money because you don't know if you have another hour to use the money or not. And if you look at the parable taught in Matthew 25, the first parable that comes before this one, you'll discover that it's the parable about the ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. And remember to the five foolish ones, Jesus says in the parable, well, go buy oil. And they go and they buy oil. So you know what that tells me? They had the money all the time to buy the oil, but they preferred to hang on to the money and not have the oil. Now, personally, I'd rather have God's oil. I'd rather have the anointing than I had the money. And they really missed out. So use the money, because you don't know if you have another out- to use the money or not. Now, Jesus tells us the problems that come with laying up money. He lists his three of them that we read earlier in this verse from Matthew 6. He says, First of all, he says the money will be unexpectedly used up without you knowing it. Because he says, don't lay it up where the moths will eat it. Well, you know what happens. You put your clothes in the closet, and then you go there one day to get it out, and you discover that while it was hanging there in the closet unused, that the moths have eaten it up, and you no longer have a shirt, you discover that your shirt is no longer of any good, and you have to throw it away. Jesus said, That's what will happen to your money. It'll get eaten up unexpectedly. And I'm just guessing that a lot of people are listening to me this morning, and they're finding out that their money got used up in an unexpected way. And then, number two, the second reason Jesus says, He says it will produce corruption in your life like it did in the rich young ruler's life. Remember the rich young ruler? Jesus told him to sell all he had, and come and follow him? Well, he couldn't do it. Why? Money had corrupted his life. And also like the rich man that Jesus talked about in Luke 12, 16, whose crops increased because God had blessed him so much. Remember, he tore down his barns and built bigger barns and stored it up and said, hey, I'm going to keep it. But God said, listen, you're a fool. You should be using it, not hoarding it. The problem with hoarding money is, is that if you're not careful, it will rust your soul and destroy your your relationship with God. And then the third reason Jesus said, he said, look, if you hang on to your money, someone will end up stealing it from you. Some slick tongue guy will sell you swampland in Florida. And I want to talk about reason number two for just a moment, if you give me an opportunity to do that. Jesus said, don't store up your money because the money has the power to cause corruption in your life. The Bible says much about the power of riches to corrupt us. If you look in James chapter 5 verses 1 through 3, he says, Go to now rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. He says, Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped up treasures together for the last day. You know, when I read that those three verses, it sounds to me just exactly what Jesus was just saying. Jesus was saying that the moss will eat up your garments. This verse says the same thing. And then this verse says that the money is unused. In verse 3, you find out that it's what I call rusty money. He says, your gold and silver is cankered. It's the same thing that the guy in the parable did. He didn't use the money. And that's what's in this verse here. They didn't use the money. And he says to him, he says, it's corrupted you. And then let's look at Matthew 13, 22. He says, He also that received seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the Word and he becomes unfruitful. Well, in this verse, Jesus says that riches are deceitful and that they can choke the Word of God out of our lives. So riches have the power to choke God's Word out and make your life unfruitful. And remember what Jesus said in Matthew nineteen twenty three through 26 Then said Jesus unto His disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven, and again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying then, Who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, here Jesus says it's hard for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. And I also want to say here to give this balance this morning, is yes, you can be rich and get into heaven. But Jesus said it's not easy. We know that Abraham was a rich man. Genesis 13-2 says, And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. And we know Abraham got into heaven. He was the father of the faithful. So yes, you can have riches and still Be in good standing with God and make it to heaven and be a great Christian. The Bible does not teach that money is evil. It's not money that has a heart. It's men that have a heart. And so if we have an evil heart, then we're going to use money the wrong way. Money is basically amoral, and that just means it's not good or bad. Sometimes I like to say money is like a brick. You can use a brick to build a church, to build a school, to build a house, to build a church, but you can also use a brick to hit somebody on the head and kill them. Or you can use a brick to bust out somebody's window or their windshield. So you see, it's not the problem with the brick. The problem is the person who's using the brick. And the same thing's true about money. The problem is not with money. But it's how we use the money. I want to ask a question. What kind of relationship do you have with money? Because we all have a relationship with money. Are you in love with your money? Because the Bible tells us that you can love money. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some have coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Please notice here that the Bible says because some people who were Christians fell in love with their money and it destroyed their faith. It's very clear about that. So you have a relationship with money. What kind of relationship do you have? Are you in love with your money? Now, you may say this morning, I don't have a lot of money. And so, you know, because you don't have a lot of money, you might think, well, I can't tithe or I can't give. But Jesus said in Luke 16, 10, He said, He that is faithful in little will be faithful in much. And so if you only have a little money, if you only have $200, then your tithes is $20, and you need to pay your tithes. But then you can also give an offering out of that. Even if it's 4 or $5, you can still give. Because Jesus said, He that's faithful in little will also be faithful in much. Is your relationship with money generous or hoarding? Do you control your money or does your money control you? Two of the servants in the parable had a lot of money, and it did not cause them any problems. It didn't corrupt them because they used it instead of hoarding it. They were good stewards of the money, and that's what Jesus said about them, that they were good stewards. Generosity will keep you from being destroyed by money. Giving will destroy greed and covetousness in your life. Paying my tithes and giving beyond the tithe will keep the monster of greed from growing in your soul and destroying your spiritual life. I finally found a reason for living. It's in giving. Winston Churchill said, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. How true. And when you give that which you cannot keep, to gain that which you cannot lose you will discover the greatest joys in life the blessing in life is in giving that's what paul wrote in acts 20:35 He said, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how He said it's more blessed to give than receive. The blessing comes in giving. When you tithe, you're not giving because God says that the tithe already belongs to Him. And the tithe goes to your local church. You're more blessed, according to the words of Jesus, when you give. And let me say here about giving that a great ministry to give to is breakthrough ministry. James and Iris Crawford, I've had the privilege of knowing them their entire married life, and I knew James years before he got married. Uh, But we just had a revival with James and Iris a few weeks ago. What a powerful revival it was. People were encouraged and received some powerful prophetic words. And one man in particular stands out, as this man come and was prayed for... He had uh, migraines. He had fibromyalgia. He had chronic pain. He had rheumatoid arthritis. He told us he had to take 18 pills a day. And God healed him. He came back the night after he was prayed for and testified and said that he had not taken a single pill in that day. And so a great place to give is breakthrough ministry. Consider giving to breakthrough on a monthly basis. Use the money that God has entrusted In your care to advance His kingdom, and you will be a good steward. Use the money that God has blessed you with and God will multiply that and bless you with more. Even if you only have a small amount that you can give, I encourage you to do that, to give that small amount, because if you will do that, you will discover that God will bless you with more. God bless you, and thank you for listening to this podcast today. Thanks for listening. We hope you will stay connected by subscribing to our podcast, and becoming a partner to our ministry. Go to BreakthroughEvangelism.com and follow us on all our social media. We want you to be blessed.